You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience. The validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. What's up, guys? This is the 3M Podcast. My name is Charlie. I'm DJ. And my name is Sean. And in the studio tonight, we have a special guest. Very special. Kevin, brother, it looks Kevin like a Patterson, gift. Everyone just, like, came across that. <laughs> What'd you Sorry, say? What were you saying? It looked like a gift where Kevin just kind of like <laughs> peeked in through the side. And... <laughs> Kevin's back. Kevin has been a busy, busy boy. If you guys were wondering, Kevin got a new job. He's opening and running restaurants up and down Utah Valley and Salt well, Lake, yeah, I was in and Oregon, and yeah. other stuff. So, if you're ever feeling up to it, go visit him at Coconut Island Grill. Kevin will be in there serving you up some. Poke. Coconut. Some of DJ's food. <laughs> milky, milky. Coconut. Spelled the case. Anyway, this is the 3M Podcast. Uh, we tell spooky stories. We tell funny BS. Everything in between. If you're here for just the stories, we get it. Look in the timestamp in the description. Skip ahead. If not, you're a real one. Hang out for a while. Yo, it's been a while. I know. Uh, (laughs) All of us just got back from multiple adventures. And I think we're mostly back for good. Dude, I I keep saying this. We say this every time (laughs) and something happens. I guess so, (laughs) But, I mean, uh, we're back in the studio after the flood. As you can see, yeah. And... Everyone's done traveling until like two weeks when we all start. Leaving. I was gonna say like two we weeks and then up. two weeks after that, <laughs> yeah. and then I'll be gone every week for like three weeks. Yeah. It's like no, yeah. But it feels Sean, good to be back. Sean and Charles uh, were at the annual Jackson trip. How was that? It was great, awesome, good times. Fire, forest, no pizzas this time. Nope, nope. We did the pizzas again though, the Dutch oven pizzas and. Okay, next time we might not be able to do it, though, because it takes like three hours for everyone to get their food. We just had 12 people. <laughs> next time we'll do it, but we'll have <gasps> the, the uni. uni. Sponsor Ooh. us, please. <laughs> go Google it if you don't know what it is. Uh, nice. How was your trip? Where'd you go? San Francisco. Beautiful. Uh, it's the most wieners I've seen in a city. <gasps> <laughs> what? <laughs> just hanging about. For real? Just full okay. dong? Wait, uh, no, I had glasses, so I got to look for a little bit to see like how they were dressing it. What? Explain uh, yourself, bro. I forgot the name of the street, but uh, in the Castro, there's a bunch of shops, super hippie area, very progressive area. Thrifted a lot, had some good food on that street, and there's a handful of dudes walking around, middle-aged men, fully naked except for their. Okay, the, the the look that I got on one guy, 
he had like a piece of felt draped over the top of his pubis <laughs> and like tied like a string around it. What? Cool. Almost like a, I don't know, like a poncho, a penis poncho. <laughs> a a pincho, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, San Francisco, my favorite city. Beautiful. Uh, went to the best farmer's market I've been to in my entire life. Hundreds and hundreds of uh, homemade vendors, produce, uh, the best food. We were just eating. We went to one uh, vendor, got uh, fresh baked bread, went Oof. to another vendor, got fresh soft cheese, Oof. went to another vendor, and got these house-made meats. We got some sausages. You made and we like made <laughs> lunchables, It was dude. incredible. My buddy's dad uh, lives there. So we, me and my girlfriend, and then another couple and their baby went. We stayed at his dad's place, and we're like, Does "What's your, your favorite bite?" All he likes to do is uh, eat new food and go to concerts. Nice. So I'm like, "This is my jam." And I was like, "What's your favorite bite in the city?" And he said, "If you go to Ferry, I posted about it on our story. Ferry Station. It's where you catch the ferry from Oakland into San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And when you arrive at that ferry station on Saturdays, the whole thing turns into a market. Hundreds and hundreds of people." He's like, "If you go there, you order." bread from this vendor cheese and sausage from this vendor just throw it all together into a sandwich it's the best bite okay sitting on the bay people watching you got the san francisco cheat codes dude yeah uh does your friend's dad partake in um peen peen yeah (laughs) so you have some sugar in the tank (laughs) does he fully experience san francisco uh that's not him oh but uh, too bad too bad. Yeah. Too bad. Dude, did you he's see? Like, he's we like, I'll l- give you the best bite in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> Has a little felt in a string. Yeah. Be careful what you ask for. We had <laughs> listeners in San Francisco who were hitting us up. They're like, are you guys here right now? Like, where are you at? Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. And then we had listeners in uh, Jackson Hole. While really? We were there. Yeah. What, dude? And still, I have not been recognized. So. Bro, I got recognized again, bro. Damn. Are you serious? Move aside, yeah. Mr. My Worldwide. sister's Ooh. friend is a listener of the podcast. That kind of does But she count. didn't know that my sister was my sister. She was, she like listened to the podcast and then found found out because my sister was like, oh, yeah. My brother Sean has like a, like a podcast called 3 a.m. She's like, what? And then it's like. I'm a big fan. You're a, damn <laughs> That's so funny. If I haven't been clear before, I'm only in this for fame and fortune. So <laughs> I'm trying to get recognized and all of the money. That's what it's for. The yes. riches of the earth. I was walking around all those like antler arches, you know, just trying to like be real prominent. <laughs> get my face out there. Still no one's <laughs> yeah, no one's you. <laughs> yeah. Some old lady paused and I was like, but no. Once no. again, for the record, Charles is the only one who hasn't been recognized in public by our listeners. <laughs> if anything, I saw one of our listeners on the freeway. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I took a photo and I was like, bro, that's you? <laughs> so it's like, I'm at negative one. <laughs> oh, shit. That's so funny. It's the ending of summer. Fall is coming. I couldn't be more happy. I want fall so bad. I'm over this 100-degree weather. It's hot. I want them leaves, crunchy. <laughs> We've had terrible air, too, Spooky in Utah season. For, I want spooky um, season. A month or two now as well, so oh, it's yeah, not very dude. fun. But what has been fun, at least for me, is music. Because summer is when all of the new releases come out. All the albums are being released. 
and it's like Christmas for music fans. Concerts are happening, uh, especially coming off of COVID. Like nobody was putting out music during Corona and nobody was obviously performing. So summer's over. All of that's coming to a close. But we ended with, I would maybe call it Music's Super Bowl with two uh, musical heavyweights, the Drake and Kanye. Oof. Oof. Thoughts, thoughts, feelings. You might not care, and that's okay. You don't have to. But I'll bring you up to speed because I'm going to make you care. Uh, (laughs) So Kanye releases his album, Holding Off throughout the whole year for a myriad of reasons. We can never get a real album release with Kanye. And he finally decides to drop it. On the day that he drops it, Drake announces that he's going to release his album five days later. So Kanye and Drake have had this uh, decade-long beef with each other, near decade-long beef with each other. And with every year that goes by, the beef gets a lot more heated and heated. And it's so fun to watch. So hip-hop is easily the most competitive genre. And it's kind of like my uh, Monday night football. <laughs> you know, every, uh, every Friday when music comes out, tons of rappers are always beefing with each other. And it's the best because it breeds creativity and they're always pushing envelope of what can be made and we get a lot of new content and it's just exciting so where am i going with this uh i don't know (laughs) (laughs) did you guys listen to the albums i did listen to the albums did you sean none of them i haven't listened to either of them yet okay bro you can take a sit out on this one too Uh, thoughts. I'll tell you what. I listened to Kanye. I did not listen to Drake's. I listened to Because my salty ass did not want to give him streams. I'm obviously <laughs> team Kanye. Yeah. Dude, both of them are incredibly mid. <sighs> For the boomers, that means I or meh eh. or decent or halfway. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, that's but you liked it. I thought Kanye's was awesome. There was a couple in there. I was like, okay, I'm going to vibe to these. There's a couple songs that I really like, but overall, it's like, dude, the whole album is two hours. Who has the attention span for two hours nowadays? (laughs) Yeah, true. You know? Yeah, do a song. Most albums are under an hour. And actually, his last album was half an hour. Most of them are made now to be shorter songs so that they get more streams. Exactly. It kind of sucks how much the algorithm has changed content Mm -hmm. because even with Instagram, they don't like highlight stories anymore. It's all reels, reels. or mm-hmm. posts. So it's like if you're a content creator and you make posts, doesn't really matter. If you don't adopt the new thing, that you just get left behind. Yep. So like the algorithm literally dictates art in a way because most artists now make shorter songs so that they can get more plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. Crazy. Mumble rappers uh, got a ton of shine, not only because of how left field their style was people talking about like can we understand what they're saying and yeah that's true but also they have the the amount of time that uh songs were like the length of songs so songs all the way up until this point usually would run for about four or five minutes mobile rappers would run it for about a minute and a half two minutes because of that their streaming numbers went up their popularity went up and now they have front seat platform 
Sean, you can jump back in anytime. You're done with timeout. <laughs> Kevin? I'm over here listening to a Kate Bush song that's 13 minutes long <laughs> about her falling in love with a snowman. So, you know. <laughs> there's a, there's an audience for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with music. Hip-hop competition does drive progress in more than just one way and in more than just one genre. And there is no other music we were talking about earlier. There's like no other genres that have like outspoken beef. Yeah. And sometimes what, or whether uh, it's intentional or how do I say this? Because some of the beef is just marketing. Yeah. So oh, 100%. Like trying yeah. to beef so that you get views. I would listens. say 90% of it is fake. I would say 95% of it is fake. Until there's Florida rappers who are coming in and shooting you. Those are the 5%. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, funny to laugh about killing people. Whether it's planned or not, it's still like all press is good press. Okay, you know why it's oh, fake? Yeah, Adopting yeah. that principle. Do you know who proved it's fake? Takashi 6 9 Because oh. he called out everyone, said you wouldn't do anything, and showed up to blocks. And so many people didn't do anything. So like Meek Mill forever, everyone was like, yo, he's a real one. And then he gets called out like over and over and over, doesn't do anything. And in fact, there's people who said like, he was like, dude, I got to protect the bag. Like, I'm not going to jail. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Anyway. Okay. Competition. You want to keep going down this line? Wait, what are Kanye and Drake beefing over? Kanye and Drake's beef goes back so far. If you want a super extensive and cohesive, comprehensive uh, breakdown, check out Trap Lore Ross on YouTube. I watched like a three-hour documentary on it. It goes back so far. I think it spurs from both of them just thinking in their head they are the best in the world. That's like where it starts. But then there's just back and forth with girlfriends, uh, little little jabs in songs that like are coded enough to where like you wouldn't understand, but they would understand. There's rumors of Drake smashing Kanye's mother-in-law. Uh, yeah. Kanye West tweeted out, Drake's album and then deleted it. And then Drake replied with just laughing in his like Lamborghini or his Bentley or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, more recently, when Drake announced that he was coming out with his album in a few days, uh, Drake's from Toronto. Kanye purchased all the billboards in the city and plastered his album everywhere. Oh, which yeah, was yeah, yeah. super petty. <laughs> like in his own hometown, trying to overcome the, uh, his own marketing for that week uh leading up to the release and then drake like released somehow got in contact with somebody from kanye's camp uh and got an unreleased song and then played it on his own radio show but then on the uh, on the song there's a diss about drake on that song so it's like he shot himself in the foot but i don't know just it starts with they think they're better than the other and then i think the push a t thing personal things have come out but so like drake had beef with a rapper Pusha T who's on Kanye West's label and Pusha T killed Drake in the rap battle and he had information about Drake that nobody that no one knew had, about i.e. he had an illegitimate son with a stripper and he was straight up a ignoring porn star him. and the porn star lived in like Europe and he was just like, like ignoring Germany that kid or something. and the kid was there too and he was being like a, a deadbeat dad so Pusha T called him out publicly put that track out and that was the first time and anyone knew about Drake having a child. He said in the song, you're hiding a child, let your son come home, deadbeat, mother border patrol. And then from that point forward, Drake was going to Europe frequently to father his son. So uh, the whole thing is like, that's cool, push a T, like diss Drake into becoming a father, into fatherhood. <laughs> and Drake is convinced push a T got that information from Kanye. 
And Kanye's like, I didn't tell him that. But like Kanye was like one of the only ones who knew and is directly connected to Pusha T. Pusha T manage is the president of Kanye's record label and like right hand man. Gotcha. So that's did like, you know that's where a lot of it comes from. Did you know Pusha T wrote the I'm loving it? <laughs> he wrote three and Arby, he's on Arby's. He did too. the Arby's, we have the meats, I'm loving it for McDonald's, and he gets royalties on all of them. So he's he's good for he doesn't need to work ever. Yeah. I <laughs> know. Just off of those royalties alone. Isn't that so funny? He probably did Live Moss too. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yoketa Taco Bell yeah. back in the 90s. He was the Chihuahua. Yeah. <laughs> so funny because if you listen to Pusha T, I actually think Pusha T is like one of the last real rappers. Ooh. Freddie Gibbs, Pusha T. Yeah. Uh, but... And then he's writing jingles for fast food. Yeah. You know? like, well, he's a hustler, dude. But he's like dealing cocaine on the streets on the <laughs> side as well. So it's like <laughs> capitalism, bro. <laughs> so crazy. What were you going to ask, Kevin? What was that headline saying Drake came out as gay, though? So that? Drake has a song on his new album. It's towards the beginning of it, uh, of the song. So it's like within the first 30 seconds. And he says something about like he's trying to get with this girl and... He's talking about like, oh, girls here only like girls. It's like, yeah, I'm a lesbian. Me too. Like <laughs> something like that. He says like, I'm a lesbian. So everyone's like, what? Not taking it seriously, but but just, what if he is? Also, what he's a, like into girls. Uh, but also, what a whack line. It's like, yeah, I'm also. He's like, girls here are lesbians. Like, yeah, I'm a lesbian too. It's that's like, what? That's strange. <laughs> uh, you want to hear the most sus line in hip hop? It's by Biggie Smalls. What? I'm gonna paraphrase. But it says, like, shorty so fine, I'd suck her daddy's dick. <laughs> so, Biggie Small said that. And everyone's like... <laughs> also, uh, dude, this would be a funny thing to, like, Google. But, like, the most sus lines in hip-hop. DMX has one. It's like, every time I come around... Or he's like, he's talking about how whack you guys are. And he's like, every time I come around, I got to get my dick sucked. But he's, like, talking about dudes. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone's like, "Huh?" <laughs> Dude, R.I.P. DMX. We we didn't really talk about him. A lot of people have passed away this year in music, and especially in hip hop. Hip hop's a new genre. It was born in the '80s, and at that time, rappers were in their 20s. So 40 years ago, they're about 60. It's about that time. They're just gonna be to ding, hit ding, the hay. Ding. Yeah. yeah. So it's crazy because up until this point, the only rappers who have died have been from freak accidents. Or murders. Murders. Yeah, freak, <laughs> freak accidents. accidents. <laughs> exactly. So now they're dying of natural causes. So just this genre that we're really close to and very involved with, it's uh, hitting close to home to see all these rappers pass away. But when DMX died, we were in Seattle. I was real sad, dude. I remember when I was in high school, I was listening to, do you know his song, uh, Lord, Give Me a Sign? Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> There's a line in there that says, uh, oh, that stops right here. <laughs> As long as the Lord's in my life, I shall have no fear. And I remember listening to that right after masturbating. <laughs> you just were like, oh, play. Exactly. That was a song I played when I uh, uh, felt like I needed to change. So that's but, why we uh, hear it like every other night. Out yeah, of your I was wondering. <laughs> um, oh, oh. So it really affected me when my dog DMX passed. Bro, I remember like 16 years old, I had a scooter. I had headphones just playing uh, Lonely by Akon like as loud as I could. <laughs> just screaming the things as my depressed ass was like, So lonely. Mr. Lonely. So funny, bro. 
I'm going to ask a question. I want you to take a second and think. Think about songs from your childhood or growing up that like super affected you. Like you're talking about that DMX song. Think of some more. I want to hear stories about that. <laughs> like while you're thinking, I'll go. Sandstorm by Daru. <laughs> yeah. I remember dude. feeling more hype than I've ever felt in my entire life when that shit drops. <laughs> I, I, we had a thing called Roller Town in Visalia where you like went and rollerbladed in a circle on a cement freaking thing in a building, you know? <laughs> Roller rink, I think they're called. Dude, when Sandstorm came on. People were gonna leave bloody. Like it was like, crazy. <laughs> Everyone was skating hard, so dude. fast. <laughs> oh, I can still smell like the smell of the rink when I think about it. Damn. I remember uh, the scouts had a pool party. It's all of us twelve to seventeen year old boys, and uh, nice. We had like a dance party in the showers, and somebody turned on. <laughs> <the> <laughs> Time out. <laughs> Yo, let me finish. I was joking. <laughs> we had a dance party in the showers, and somebody turned on Darude Sandstorm. <gasps> Just helicopters And we turn everywhere. on all, all the showers. And we're going crazy in the showers. And somebody turned off the lights. And everyone goes crazy shouting. And then somebody turns on the light. And half of the dudes had their, their pants off. What dude. the? And dude, 10 of your leaders went to jail? <laughs> <laughs> what the? Dude, come after DJ, not me. That's so funny. Sounds that change. Hawaii just be like that. <laughs> this Lord of the Flies out there. Um, flies. Fly lice. Uh, <laughs> just some casual racism. <laughs> Bro, I, my, oh gosh. Sounds that changed my life. Wait, real quick. You just brought up a story. I have a white, white, white friend with a white, white, white uncle. And every time he goes to a Chinese That's spot, half our friends. He orders <laughs> flied life. He'll oh, say it like that? Yeah. Intentionally? An, intentionally to the, because oh he thinks gosh. it's, he thinks it's a funny joke. So the Asian waitress will come up and I'll be like, can I get some flied lice? <laughs> oh my God. And all of his like kids will be like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, t- talk to... St- I want to hear more stories about parents and grandparents being racist, but tell us your <laughs> music story. Music story. Do you have any music stories? Uh, yeah, dude. Um, let's see. Just when music touched your little boy soul. I think it was like that was all a, that Christian was a rock, rocky dude. Sentence. <laughs> all Christian rock and like. Oh. No, it wasn't. It was for real. Who am I by Casting Crowns, dude? What is that? I didn't even tell you who those people <laughs> are. Are you being serious? Which is my uh, one of my least favorite things that people say. What? And I'm thinking about it in the context of music. Because it's so damn condescending. Uh, when like somebody will ask, who have you been listening to lately? And I'll drop somebody I've been listening to lately. The Wiggles. They'll be like, oh, I've never heard of that. <laughs> As if like you're... you're your they Spotify. must not exist. You yeah, heard of they're not good enough, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, it's what are you a, saying about casting crowns? Yeah. Yeah. I have no <laughs> idea. Uh, same thing applies We're to the assholes. You know, anything that you're into, you know? Like, that's weird, or I've never heard of that movie, or that, I don't know. Did Just, you ever try to start a band when you were a kid? Uh, I was, I performed or a in, rap career. in a band. <gasps> What'd you do? Hawaiian music. <laughs> we performed for tourists in Waikiki. For real? What'd you play? What'd you do? Uh, when I was in high school. Did you see? Tra- traditional Hawaiian music. Play guitar and Did sing Hawaiian. Did you play, play the was... steel drum? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> what did you do? 
We played at like luau's. What did you do? I said I played guitar and I oh. sang. Oh. I just wasn't that. hearing. What that. did you do? I <laughs> <laughs> said it like three times. Uh, I tried to start a punk band when I was like in fifth grade. How'd it go? It, terrible, dude. We practiced so hard. I had a drum kit. Like, Good. We could replay a uh, Weezer, but that was about it. Sick. That's dope. <laughs> I tried so hard. I That's wanted to dope. be Travis Barker more than geez, <sighs> anything. <laughs> than a Christian. <laughs> I really looked up to Travis Barker when I was a kid. That's like the stuff of memories when you're trying to make something with your friends when you're growing up, whether it's a fort or a club. We tried to build a, a go kart once. Oh, we sick. stole a yeah. shopping cart from Save Mart, and that's and as far as we got. <laughs> <laughs> we pushed a shopping cart home, and we're like, all right, well, what <laughs> we're done. <laughs> Let's go play Marco Polo. <laughs> That's so funny. I know what you're Are talking you, about. It's like kids coming together to accomplish something. It's like so powerful, such an epic story. Yeah. And it's just like rarely ever pans out. <laughs> and it doesn't have to. Like the fun <laughs> of the it isn't just like yeah. trying. Like, yeah. <laughs> Going back to the music, I remember the, uh, not necessarily a song that impacted me, but a moment in my uh, music experience uh, that was impactful was buying my first CD with my own hard-earned money. I was so excited. Did you ever go to Sam? Did you have Sam Goodies? Nope. No. We it's had real stores. Nation- <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was a nationwide chain. Went out of business uh, in the 2000s. But it's basically like a like the music section of Best Buy, but just music. <laughs> but I went to Sam Goodies, and I bought Chingy. Oh, Chingy had the had the Singing song uh, at the Holiday, Holiday Inn. Inn, and uh, <laughs> I could only buy music. My parents told me you can only buy music if it's clean. You have to get the clean version, or if there's no clean version, you can't get it at all. This didn't have a clean version. So what did you do? And on the back, had it had all the the titles of the songs, and one of the songs was like "Slap That Ass" or something. <laughs> And I get home. My my parents tell me you have to show us what you buy <laughs> uh, before you listen it, listen to it, or we're gonna make you go and return it. So I waited till my mom wasn't home, and I gave it to my dad because English <laughs> is a second language. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that as? Yeah. <laughs> so he turns around, and I'm sweating. I'm all nervous, and he's like, "Oh, looks good." <laughs> Hands it back. It's like, thank goodness. Thank goodness for foreigners. Thank goodness. <laughs> Immigrants. <laughs> That's freaking hilarious. That's so funny. There was another time where I was really into, uh, is it the Baja Boys or Baja Men? Dude, Baja Men, baby. Baja, Men? Baja yeah. Boys was you and your guys in the shower. <laughs> Um, the Baja Men, they uh, did uh, Who Let the Dogs Out. Dude, classic. Classic 90s song. Dude, when that song came on, you were sprinting to the when dance floor. When the party floor. was hot, the party was bumping. <laughs> hey, yeah. <B-B-I-O. laughs> Everybody's having a ball. <laughs> and someone shout out. Dude, do you know what that song's about? It's about calling women dogs. <laughs> it's saying like these ugly girls walked into the club and someone goes, Who let the dogs out? <laughs> So they're just calling women dogs. <laughs> I I got one of their CDs as well. I had it burned for me. Ooh, piracy! And we illegal. gotta talk about that. Dude, the whole CD fire. At least from what I remember, they had one more song. Do you remember what it was? Like the one that like went off. I I can't remember, but I memorized the whole CD when I was a kid. Like yeah. I I sang all the lyrics to every song, 
and I was listening to Radio Disney in the car with my family, going to dinner, driving through Honolulu one night. And <laughs> That's like, a vibe, turn, Doug. <laughs> Mom, turn it up. Turn it up. And uh, it's like one of the obscure songs on the CD. I was like, I know this song. <laughs> and they stopped it. And the radio DJ, who's my auntie for real, uh, came on and she's like, you can name this song and you're the 15th caller. You win whatever. I can't even remember. So I waited. I, I knew the song. I was like, I want to call her. I want to call her. Um, grabbed my mom's Nokia. I was like, do you have any minutes left for me to call FM 100? <laughs> Load up some minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I wait. And I was like, I think I think this is a good time to call. Because they check in every once in a while. They're like, caller number eight. We're only halfway there. So I was like, okay. So that was uh, maybe 45 minutes. So I got to wait another 40 minutes or so. So I call. And they're like, do you know the song? And I name it. And they're like, congratulations, you're the 15th caller. And I was so hype as a kid. And then they got that bit. They stopped the recording and they continued talking to me on the phone about like the details, um, like address to send the the package or whatever, tickets. I can't remember what it was, gift card to. And they're like, oh, by the way, how old are you? I'm like, nine. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you have to be at least 16 years old to enter. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that sucks. That was so sad. You just sad. started crying. I was super sad. You read up to your and room and I, masturbated. This is the DMX. Where's my DMX? Rough riders. Oh, but those, are, those are a couple of music memories. And any other just bangers from a childhood? Smash Mouth was undeniable. Oh, All Star? Easily, yeah. Shrek soundtrack, come on, hit me, dude. Yeah. Shrek soundtrack is like iconic. It yeah. should be inducted into some hall. <laughs> Every song on there is classic, yeah. from yeah. Swamp Pit to Mosh Pit. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, Blue. I think Blue. Eiffel sixty five. Yeah, Blue. I think was the first song that I ever like, like truly like. This is the coolest thing I've ever heard. I remember like, seeing the graphics. I was like in third grade. Oh, dude, the music video was like, is horrendously good. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that on the Big Fat Liar soundtrack? Yes. That's so. where I think I first heard that. Paul too. Giamatti. Bro. Yeah. Blew my mind. <laughs> um, I remember the first time thinking music like this is really cool and like listening to certain songs like you were you were cool was in sixth grade. And they were playing uh, Sean Paul, Get Busy, and also uh, the shake, that thing. is that. And then also uh, Missy Elliott's uh, Work It. Yeah, Work It. And then we played that in the classroom. And even the teacher was like, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> and all the kids are just vibing. Everyone's doing their classwork, sitting on top of desks, like vibing in Missy Elliott. Sick. That was really cool. That's freaking classic, dog. I know. What do you, what are your guys' opinions on teeny boppers? Teeny uh, bopper music. Explain to me what teeny yeah, bopper what music is. Uh, and everything from Jonas Brothers to Taylor Swift to Olivia Rodrigo to Andrew Schultz called Olivia Rodrigo female school shooter music. <laughs> oh <my laughs> I thought that was pretty accurate. Elaborate. Just like yeah, all her songs about like being depressed or being left or like being super salty after someone breaks up with you. What's the female equivalent of a school shooter? Because I don't know any female. That's what they're shooters. saying. They're all males. They, he, so Andrew Schultz was like Olivia Rodrigo and Adele. It's like they don't go shoot a school. They just make like banger ass music <laughs> about being like. What dumped. an outlet, dude! You can either you can either murder 
or murder. Make or, a banger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> make a bang, make a banger. Make a bang. <laughs> bang, bang, gun or bang, bang music. <laughs> that got away from us. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I asked huh. with it, though. Teeny bopper music. I'm not with it. I mean, I like like one Taylor Swift song. I like one Olivia Rodrigo song, but. I have multiple Olivia Rodrigo songs and multiple Taylor Swift songs. And multiple Jonas Brothers songs on my playlist. Sean has a surprising <laughs> taste in music. I think most of our listeners would severely underestimate Sean's library. Dude, sometimes I go from teeny boppers to uh, Viking chants <laughs> to folk music to, to casting crowns. Who am I? Christian, Christian rock. rock. Yeah. To, to pirate shanties. Overly optimistic uh, reggae. Oh, yeah. I got that, dude. It just depends on the mood, and my moods come far and wide, dude. It's like, dude, I listen to constantly just like classical music or death metal rap, <laughs> Suicide Boys, <laughs> Ghost Mane. It's like so extreme, just depending on what I want to do. I'd say half of what I listen to is house music and pretend I'm a DJ in my car and just like pump my fist in the air. <laughs> You're trying to cure <laughs> racism like David Guetta. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's the best video of the decade, I swear. Bro, okay, this is old news, but do you guys know Fortnite, the game? Uh -uh. Uh -uh. It's a worldwide sensation. Uh, Kevin, do you know Fortnite? I mean, I know what it is. I've never played it. Kevin knows Fork Knife. (laughs) Little fatty. (laughs) Kevin got a cake. He's slapping cheeks right now. I hear you. Uh, okay, so Fortnite. Worldwide game. It's like the biggest video game in the world. It's free. Fortnite does li- live events. The yep. first one was Travis, Travis Scott. Scott. It was huge. I watched it. It was like it was pretty like... I was like, wow, this is pretty Which crazy. Which is an insane crossover. Like video games and like live rap concerts. Yeah. And that's why all the little kids love Kanye and Travis Scott and Drake now. Because they perform in... in Fortnite. Virtual <laughs> worlds like Fortnite. So, a little more context. Fortnite is a shoot 'em up game. It's a battle royale. So, 100 people come in and you kill everyone. You're trying to be the last person, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's all about shooting. And then they added, once you kill someone, you can dance on their grave. So, they they stole all these dance moves from black kids and then put them in Fortnite. <laughs> and uh, these dances go viral. Like, everyone knows Fortnite dances, right? Unfortunately. So Fortnite does live events. They do the Travis Scott thing. I'm sure they did a couple other things. Well, they got real uh, wanting to help the world. So they created a live event. Did you not hear about this? I did hear about this. I, I, I told Sean so. about this. Oh, that's I think this is news to me. Dude, okay. <laughs> it's old news if you keep up with stuff, but I'm glad you didn't hear about this. They decided they wanted to teach the world about Martin Luther King Jr. So they created... An event where you can come in, you fly in, and you watch Martin Luther King give I Have a Dream speech at the at the monument, Washington Monument. Iconic speech, right? Very creative. Very creative. And it's it's like a cool idea. They wanted to like show a younger generation what it was like. A lot of people criticize it because it's like, yo, Fortnite is a straight up. So they took out guns. You couldn't shoot. But they're like, Fortnite is all about killing people. And uh, Martin Luther King was like... Uh, a pacifist. He was all about like no violence, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird. Well, everyone is sitting there watching the I Have a Dream speech and they're all just throwing up dance moves. So everyone's <laughs> doing like the fat kid <laughs> dance move or, and they're like doing all the like 
doing yeah. the floss or whatever it is. All the dance moves. So they, so they got a lot of pushback and people were like, yo, that's like not appropriate. It's, you should be more reverent. And so like, okay. So they went in and they deleted all the dance moves. For the event. For the event. Except for one. And the reason they didn't delete this is because they had a special agreement with DC that they had to keep it on. So DC what, cat, like Catwoman. Like Superman, Wonder yeah. Woman. But specifically Catwoman. And it's the Catwoman dance. What's the Catwoman dance? Well, Catwoman has a whip. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> so they deleted all the dances. Except you can sit there and just whip the shit out of something. <laughs> and so Martin Luther King is talking and all these kids are just standing there whipping at him, like whipping each other. And now watch like, me whip. There's, a, there's like a video of like a white character like whipping a black character and everyone's like, who didn't catch this? And it's, like, it's going on right now. I've, it's Oh, that's current. Yeah. This, that, this like was last week when they Why don't they do out. that in like February during Black History Month? I don't know. It's like the it's weirdest thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, when you bring in capitalism, thinking about like Fortnite just trying to do good PR. Yeah. Like it makes sense for them to do something like that and come out as good guys. But like at the end of the day, you're just a shooting video game. Yeah. You know. Um, but it's like, how did that pass all the checks and know. balances? Like, I don't that know. Got to the- real quick side note, you hear us laugh all the time at these things. If you don't know by now... Then I'll spell it We're out for you. We're pieces of shit. We're pieces of shit. Yeah. It's hilarious, okay? Um, no, honestly, it's it's so insane. It's like, why would this happen? Obviously, that's what we're laughing at. Dude, uh, yeah, that's an interesting thought. It's like, my laughter isn't consent. Like, it doesn't mean I support or it doesn't mean like I, su- you know what I mean? It's like, sometimes I laugh because it's so ridiculous or so horrible. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's just how it's I like the ship's going down. Like, there's always the character who's laughing because it's like, what the hell is, what, what the hell else is there, dude? We're all going to die yeah. anyway, so let's. That's me, man. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, uh, this is a Scary Stories podcast. <laughs> Should we get into Scary Stories? Let's do it. Okay. Now we roll our 20-sided die to dis, to, to see and uh, determine in what order we tell our st- <laughs> stories. Uh, highest number goes first. And the roll. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light. Lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you're needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, Go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 a.m. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, 
Priceline. <laughs> I hit the back of DJ's hand. Uh, uh, and the number is Sean. 3, 15, 11. So the order is Charlie, Sean, DJ. Do you either of you guys lose things often? No. Dude, all the time. I have a terrible habit of just placing whatever's in my hand wherever I'm at. And then like <laughs> I pace, talk, forget. <laughs> What's like the most expensive thing you've like lost or thought you've lost? My dignity. Uh, <laughs> no, that was terrible. Uh I don't know, maybe an iPod. I got an iPod. With my my Christmas present every year growing up was a new iPod because I I lost two of them and the rest of them got stolen. <sighs> Dude, what's that feeling like when you know you've lost it? Uh, it sucks. It does sucks. <laughs> Everybody knows. I don't I explain it. You know, don't. Sean know. doesn't. Sean uh, is so good with this stuff. I don't understand. You've it. never lost anything, not a single thing, and in your entire thirty years of life. My virginity. But virginity. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> we're 12. Um, it's a horrible feeling. I hate it. Uh, for instance, I'm pretty sure I lost my Oakley's in Jackson Hole. Like I this my, time? Yeah, I lost my oh, glasses. Oh, that sucks, dude. One time I lost my glasses on a trip to New York, and five years later, they were back in my hands. So I remembered while we were on the East Coast, we had used Janelle's dad's Suburban to drive around, and like Four years later, I run into Janelle's dad, and out of nowhere, I don't know why I go, hey, did you ever happen to find like an, a pair of Oakleys in your, uh, a pair of sunglasses in your Suburban? And he goes, wait, like the flat ones, they're kind of blue on the tint? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, yeah, I wear them every day. I'll bring them to you. And like six months later, he brought them to me. What the? And they came back to me. Anyway, it sucks to lose things. I lose things all the time. I lose my phone. I lose my keys. It sucks. Our story today comes from a listener. <laughs> She's from one of the southern states, and we'll call her Kathy. This happened to Kathy several years ago, I think over a decade. She was a younger mom at the time. Her husband worked constantly. And while he worked, she took care of her two, their two kids, and she was taking night classes at the college. She's trying to get her generals and her bachelors. So her two kids, both boys, one of them was two years old and the other one was six months. So like newborn and constantly, um, she's juggling kids, nap time, cooking, cleaning, laundry, and trying to fit in school as much as she can in their house. They didn't have good internet. So she often went to the city library across town. Uh, it was perfect. Super big library, good internet. It had, uh, all the resources she needed and it had toys and books to kind of distract her two-year-old while she worked. The only drawbacks were it was in kind of a sketchier part of town or it was at least near a bus stop, like a railroad track and an industrial part of town. So there were some times where like um, she would be approached for money walking in. One time she remembered a guy got kicked out of the library because he had been sleeping in one of like the conference rooms you could rent out in the top story. So that was like the only bad part. Other than that, it was amazing. She gets into a pretty good routine. She would always have her desk she would go to every single time. It's like on the second or third floor. Big desk. Um, she would sit here and there was like a group of 
armchairs, a table, and some kid toys. And so she'd put her two-year-old there. She could see him perfectly in her eye line. And she would sit at her desk and work. It's getting near the end of her school year. And a huge group project comes up. And this group project is like 40% of her grade. It also happens to be her husband's like busiest time in his job or something. I think he had, I don't know, a big project or something coming up. But she just said during this period, she was exhausted. She got like zero sleep. She's doing her best. And one day she's in the library. She's set up at her table and she's doing all this research. She's trying to correct all these problems that one of her classmates has like in his part of the the project. And she remembers looking over and seeing her son playing at the chairs. She looks back at the paper and her eyes start to droop. And She whips them open, takes a drink of cold water, looks back over at the armchairs, sees her son playing and her eyes droop again. And then they close. And out of nowhere, she's jolted awake. And not only is she jolted awake, she's like uncharacteristically terrified. And she looks over at the armchairs and her two-year-old is not there. Oh, shit. <clears throat> and her heart drops. Quickly, she scans and sees her two-year-old on the other side of the room standing. But he's pointing. And he's pointing to the stacks that are behind Kathy. The stacks? Like where all the books are. The shelves or the stacks of books? Or like I think they're called stacks in a oh, library. I am. So the, the shelves with all the books on them. And he's pointing, and his eyes are wide. And she turns around, and Kathy sees the man who's been kicked out of the library. And he's standing halfway out from behind one of the stacks, looking at Kathy. And he's smiling ear to ear. Ew. Kathy's freaked out. But she's not freaked out to the point where she doesn't notice he's holding something, and he's slowly rocking it. And as she looks at him... He brings one hand up to his mouth and he makes the shh sound and points to what he's holding. And it's a bundle of blankets and it looks like the size of a baby. So she looks down to where she sets her six-month-year-old and he's not there. And she realizes the man is holding her baby. What? He was smiling and then told him to shh. And then point the pointed the baby. So she instantly looks back at the man only to see the back half of him disappear behind the stacks. Frick, dude. And without thinking, without screaming, just straight reaction, she stands and chases after him. She comes around the stack and she sees him turn another one. She comes down and he's like at the end of the stack, all the way at the back of the library. And he's running. She's sprinting after him. And he turns left and she gets to the end of the stacks and she turns left and there's no one there. And at the same time, she hears her baby crying at the table where she left him back at the study table. She runs back. Her baby's right where it always was. The kid is playing at the blocks and the baby's just crying. No one's there. So was it like a dream? That's what I thought. That's what I asked. And to this day, she has no idea. She never saw that man again. She does not think it was a dream because she was running, unless she was sleepwalking. Mm -hmm. But she did say she was under an insane amount of stress Mm -hmm. and very sleep deprived. So it is possible. She ever talked to her son? He was two. 
I don't know. I could ask her. I don't think so. That's not the real baby. <gasps> she thinks it was real. She had seen that man before this, and he was always walking up and down the railroad track. So it's like something from reality that he, makes she had that seen it before. experience almost like real if it isn't a dream. Yeah. Frick, dude. Yeah, she thinks it was real, but she has no idea how to explain what happened. Bro, I get like the stress now of losing something, mm. and I don't like it. It's very stressful. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and you get it. <laughs> I get it. Sean has to watch me every morning walk out of the house, say, bye, Sean. Have a good day. See you, dude. He'll hear the garage door open, and he'll hear my car turn on. And then he'll hear the door open again because I always forget <laughs> something in the house without fail. Am I, am I right? I'd say 90% of the time. That's, pre- that's the same as losing a six-month-year-old. So. <laughs> so I know what it's like. So Kathy, DJ <laughs> knows what, what he like. went through. Um, so something similar to that happened to my aunt. She went to the bank, and she lived in Spanish Fork. And she parked the car, but both her kids were little and sleeping in their car seat. So she left the car on and left them in there. She's like, oh, I can see them. It's fine. So she's standing in line waiting to get to the teller, and she sees some man run up to her car, open the door, get in the driver's seat, and is, like, fumbling around, puts the car in drive, and she, my aunt starts screaming in the bank. She's like, he's stealing my babies! He's stealing my babies! It's like the bank teller is pressing the panic button to get the cops there right away, and the car... Pulls out, but hers is still there. She had parked right next to the exact same <laughs> car, and some dude was, oh was my in gosh. there, or was uh, in a hurry, <laughs> rushed to his car, got in, <laughs> drove off. And then when the cops showed up. Yeah, and she was all, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. Oh, just kidding. Bye. <laughs> Never banked there again. Yeah. <laughs> just oh left gosh. all the money in the accounts. <laughs> Dude, that is so funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, uh, my gosh. Dude, if that was a dream for her, though, that actually reminded me of a dream I had the other night while we were in Jackson. And it was super creepy. Tell us. So, like, I've been learning German recently. And for the first time, had a dream in German. It was weird. But... I'm like going somewhere, walking along the sidewalk. Wait, you've been learning German? Yeah, why? <laughs> to be even more white? <laughs> no, dude, just because it's an easy transition from English. The Aryan race? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to start there and then get to more difficult languages. Duolingo? Yeah. Dude, I'm proud of you. That's yeah, good. Yeah, dude, I'm trying to exercise my mind. Dude, it's a hard time to learn a language. Kind of, yeah. In your 30s. Dude, it's not easy. But anyways, so I had a learning, dream in it. And you're dreaming in German. I walked down the street... And I'm almost to where I'm supposed to be. And I passed this group of probably six different people all wearing long black cloaks with hoods over. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. Pass right past them. Get to like the back door of where I'm going in. And I look around behind me. And one of the figures had broken away from the group and was chasing after me. This feels like hot fuzz. I mean, it (laughs) had a very, the whole, yeah. Crusty jugglers. (laughs) And it said a word in German. And I was like, I recognize that word, but I couldn't off of the top of my head, like, remember what it was. I make it into this building 
and slammed the door right in time before it was literally at the doorstep by the time I slammed the door and locked it. Then I went and looked up that word the next day. In German folklore, a drood is a kind of malevolent nocturnal spirit associated with nightmares prevalent, especially in southern Germany. Shut up. And I was like, holy shit, dude. Whatever it was, was a freaking German, like, nocturnal malevolent nightmare being. What's it? What's the word? Drood. Drood sandstorm? (laughs) Drood. I heard that. Is Drood different than Druid? Yeah. Or is it the same, just different pronunciation? Drood. Drood is D R U D E. Oh. So slightly different, but I was like, and <laughs> I like recognize the word. It's similar to another word that I had learned, which was why I was like, okay, this is different slightly. So I looked it up and that's what popped. The first thing that popped up, I was like, okay, this is freaky, dude. Huh. I was very scared. That is terrifying. That is Fortunately, weird. the druid hasn't shown up in any other nightmares. Oh, that is spooky. But while you're camping too, that's even worse. Yeah. Oh. Um, wait. Again, why did you choose? Why why did you choose German? Are you German? Well, I'm a little bit German, a lot Swedish, a lot Irish. You chose German because it's an easy language to learn from English. Cool. So, like, I have a couple on my list. Hawaiian is one of them. Oh, they have really? like thirteen letters. Yeah, that's yeah, easy. Uh, Hawaiian and uh, German, and what was the other one? Uh, it was like. Celtic or something like that. It was some random Gaelic, Gaelic or something like that. Celtic Gaelic is for what? Gaelic is Irish. Oh. Irish. So all countries that have lost their homeland to a bigger land. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know why I started with German. I just feel like it's an easy language to like transition from English to because there's a lot of like words that sound the same. Huh. Cool. But Congrats. Anyways. Yeah, dude. I'm just you know exercising the brain. I heard. Uh, the best resource to learn German is uh, Mein Kampf. <laughs> <laughs> I said Minecraft, Dad, not Mein Kampf. <laughs> That's my story tonight. Thank you, Kathy, for sending that in. Uh, I'm glad you didn't lose your child. Yes. And <laughs> Kathy, that's I'm traumatizing. She did get her bachelor or her associate. So Ooh, shout out. Yeah. Dude, I would never sleep again <laughs> after that. She doesn't think she's sleeping, though. Well, she, she did at least fell off. asleep before she, it like, she happened. She did right? doze off. That's true. Let's just say she did because the alternative. I'm not scary. trying to victim blame. <laughs> you did lose did your child. <laughs> you deserved to have it taken away. <laughs> Maybe it was Child Protective Services. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kath. That's me tonight. All right, guys. I'm up. I uh, did a little bit of digging for this story. Came across an Ask Reddit about scariest things that happen to people. And this was one of the comments that I came across. So our writer is nameless. So let's give him a name, Willie. And he said that as a 16-year-old boy, he's living at his grandparents for the summer. And he doesn't say where it's at. But during the summer, his aunt and uncle, who also live nearby, are going to go on a vacation. So they ask if he will house it for them and, like, feed the dogs and stuff like that. So 
Um, as he's living with his grandparents, he hops on over for the weekend. He's like stoked. He's going to have the whole place to himself, packs the PlayStation. He's just going to chill every night playing Call of Duty or Halo probably. I don't know. But anyways, he like moves in essentially for this first night. And he said there was nothing really eventful. It was pretty uneventful. Um, but he did kind of have like these creepy vibes because the house is late 1800s house. Um, the kind of house that creaks and like settles all the time and like general creepy vibes. Do so, we know where it is? He didn't say where it's at. Hmm. Um, so he's home alone. He's home alone with the dogs and they're two like kind of guard dogs basically. Now, like you said, that first night, nothing super eventful happens besides just having general creepy vibes. He wakes up the next morning lets the dogs out to do their business, puts them back in their cages, and then he heads out for the day. Then, after lunch or whatever, he's coming back to the house, and he kind of pulls up to the house, and here's the dogs just freaking out in the back. And they're both in, like, kennels in the back. But they're, in his own words, freaking the f*** out. Just barking and almost frothing at the mouth type anger or upset. So he's kind of like, uh... What's going on? The dogs are normally really calm. Nothing usually going on here. He lets them out or he like opens the gate to let them out of the kennels. And then both dogs just won't come out. They stay inside the kennel. And they're both just kind of like backing away from the house almost. And he's kind of freaking out too because like I said, creepy vibes the night before for no real reason. But he's alone by himself as a 16-year-old. You know, your mind will run wild. As the dogs are freaking out, not wanting to get out of the kennel, he decides, okay, I'll go and check the whole house, make sure everything's good. So he opens the front door, goes through the house, living room, kitchen, heads into the bedrooms, nothing. There is a second floor. Now, no one lives on the second floor. It's kind of where his uncle just stashes, puts like computer equipment and like he said a couple of monitors and like they had like this dial up like internet. So it, I think it's old. I think it's like a little bit longer of a story, long ago story, because they still had that dial up internet. But anyways, no one lives up there, but he decides to go and check anyways. He goes up into the second floor and one of the computers is on and it has like this dial up sound going, which is he thinks is strange because his uncle before he had left said that he had unplugged everything, unplugged the surge protectors and everything to turn off all of the power upstairs just because he didn't want to be wasting power while they were gone. So he's like, not sure what to think of it. He goes and unplugs it again. Like, he's pretty sure he heard his uncle say that he had unplugged all these, but he unplugs it again to his to his uh, recollection. Heads back downstairs. Everything's good. The dogs kind of settle down. And then he, like, calls the aunt and uncle. And he's like, okay, just want to let you know, like, status report. And gets a little bit more info on the house. Like I said, it's late 1800s. And the people who had owned it before had rented that second floor to like some older lady. Now they, and uncle never said whether or not the older lady had passed away in that second floor, but they said eventually the people had sold it to them. There was no one else living there. So they didn't know exactly what had happened. So with this information, he's like, okay, well, just wanted you guys to know. And then nothing happens the rest of the day. Later that night though, he's turned on the PlayStation. He's probably playing Halo or something. Both of the dogs are in the house this time. They're PlayStation was exclusively. Hey, 
Hey. Xbox. I mean, Halo was. Dude, I don't even know, bro. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't even know. Let, let Sean be. Bro, this is coming from someone who couldn't afford I know, any games. I know. It's okay. Bro, the most I had was that snake game on the Nokia phone. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, he's on his PlayStation, probably not playing Halo. Both of the dogs are sitting on the couch. And while he's playing games, one of the dogs jumps up and is pointing towards the inside door that goes to the second floor. And it's just kind of like staring at it, not freaking out, but just kind of guard dog pointing at the door. He thinks it's weird. So he like stops the game. And as he does, he hears this creak coming from upstairs. And he said it didn't sound like anyone walking around. It was almost like someone was on one part of the floor just rocking back and forth. Mm. He chalks it up to maybe the house settling still. After a few minutes, the dog also sits back down on the couch. So he kind of chills. He's like, okay, we're good again. A few minutes later, both dogs stand up on the couch, pointing towards the inside door that goes to the second floor. And this time, he hears creaking, but it sounds like someone's walking upstairs. Now, not sure what to do, he like grabs the dogs grabs a flashlight, and he goes to the door. He opens the door, shines the flashlight up. He doesn't see anything. The creaking stops, and then he, like, kind of goes upstairs to check it out. And as he gets upstairs, he hears... From my childhood right here. From the computers he had just unplugged earlier that day, which are now plugged back in and trying this dial up or something. At this point, Willie's like, nah, I'm not about this. He pulls the cords back out of the, uh, out of the uh, outlet, runs downstairs, closes the door. He uh, packs up both dogs and heads back to his grandparents' house. It's late at night, so his grandparents are both asleep. Now, the next morning, though... They notice he's back, and they're like, yo, what's going on? I thought we, we thought you were at your aunt and uncle's for the weekend. And he tells them about what had happened. And both of his grandparents were like, oh, yeah, weird stuff is always happening at that house. They, they're like, let's see. For example, my little cousin frequently woke up screaming about a shadow man that was looking at him from his bed. And my uncle going upstairs to work on his computers one day and discovering the gas stove was on. But not lit, just letting gas into the house. Jeez. So all these weird things, and they're just writing it off. Like, oh, yeah, that's not a big deal. Needless to say, Willie did not go back to his assignment of house watching, but did decide to submit the story to an ask Reddit of the freakiest things that had happened to him. (laughs) (sighs) He escaped Netscape. Oh, my God. Bro. (laughs) That just sounds like a nerd-ass ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, plugging in his old Dell. Yeah. (laughs) His compact with the yeah, cube. Yeah. <laughs> he's just he's about ready to come downstairs and ask what the Wi-Fi password is. But, dude, uh, I mean, th- those are like the most favorable outcome. Like nothing terrible yeah. happened. He didn't get like skinned or like a dog beheaded or anything. Oh, yeah, no, no. He was definitely lucky. <laughs> yeah, being in that situation, for sure. I'm walking upstairs. I know I'm home alone. I'd shit like this a past brick. few days. Oh. And I hear that, for sure. Terrifying. But... In this situation, I'd also agree, best case scenario. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you walked away unharmed, 
You and just had a hacker ghost in the in the attic. Dude, that late nineties hacker ghost. Yeah. Though. <laughs> fun though, fun nonetheless. Willie, good job. Good job. That was really good. <laughs> so you? That's me for tonight. All right, let me close this off tonight. This story comes from Reese, the listener. Him Ooh. and his wife recently found our podcast. Sent in a a personal story. Ooh. So, thank you so much, Reese and Reese. wife. <laughs> Reese is also Mormon and served a Mormon mission and was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for his mission. Brotherly love. That's Philly, but same state. <laughs> City of Steel. Five, six, whatever hours away. City of Steel is more more accurate. So when you're serving as a missionary, you, uh, you're assigned to specific areas. So we were in the Philippines. We were in specifically the Cebu region, which is smack dab in the center of the Philippines. And within the Cebu mission area, there's different... There's uh, smaller areas for missionary companionships. You're a long-time listener. You probably yeah. Yeah. So in this specific area, in a specific area, um, there's a book, the area book. And within the book is information on people that you've taught uh, people that mission, previous missionaries have uh, worked with, uh, helpful information about the area. So when missionaries leave and there's new missionaries coming there, they're not totally blind as to where they're at and what's going on in that area. You have that book of notes to refer to. So one of the sections in the area book is a do not contact list. <laughs> people are put on that list for a myriad of reasons. Reese says that he... For a little while, it was a time where I prided myself. Proud, proud, proud myself. Prouded. Prouded. Is it prouded? It's just no. not prouded. No, there's there's <laughs> no past tense for pride. It's prid. It's prid. I pride myself. I pride myself, I pride myself on, in the past. <laughs> in the past, <laughs> on contacting people from the do not contact list, and I just shook my head, bro. <laughs> but hear him out. Hear my boy Reese out. So. He finds these people, he comes across one named John, about the same age, in his 20s, hit him up. John is home, and John is nice. Let's him in, they're hanging out. This becomes a regular thing. Like, why was John ever on the do not contact list? John is showing some interest, wants to come back to church. Uh, He just loves having them over. A little more on John's background. Obviously, this is an alias, but John, yeah, mid-20s, big gamer, in fact, that's all he does all day, every day, and lives off of Pizza Hut and Mountain Dew. That's so, why he's on the don't contact I'll list. say again, <laughs> big gamer. It didn't look like John worked. John had a pretty wealthy family from what they could see. He lived by himself, but he was supported by his father financially. Dad paid for everything. John gamed all day. So they're excited because after a few weeks, like they've befriended this dude who I guess is just by himself doesn't sound like he has too many friends and they're happy for that at the very least you know that they could be friends with him they meet with the local leaders in the church in this meeting they uh the missionaries report on you know some of the work they've been doing some of the service projects people they've met that uh members of the church can you know provide extra assistance for or uh with the missionaries or with those people directly or indirectly they bring up, oh, 
we uh, contacted John. Uh, he's he's a member. He hasn't been uh, very active, uh, but yeah, we've we've befriended him and he's he's doing well. And uh, I think he's going to come to church. You know, all of that. Uh, as the missionary shared this, Reese said the color in their faces disappeared. Suddenly, the energy in the room changed. They confronted that. They said, "Is there something we don't know?" Like, yeah, bitch, he was on the do not call, bro. So the leaders responded, and they started explaining. A few years ago, John was at home with his family. He was watching TV with his siblings. He has two younger sisters. At the time, they were 10 and 12. While watching TV, John stands up, doesn't say a word, walks to the kitchen, and grabs the biggest knife he can find. John starts to chase his sisters while yelling, I'm going to gut you. Sisters are screaming bloody murder, literally playing chase master in the house, running around. It's not long until mom hears and she steps in. She's coming from behind John to try to restrain him. And he turns around with the knife and she is coming at him so quickly. She can't stop her momentum. So she puts her arms out to try to block this knife and the knife goes through both arms. So she's quickly losing blood. He withdraws a knife from her arms and she falls to the ground and she's laying in a pool of her own blood. Don't know where the daughters are at this point. But after a few minutes, dad walks in. It's taken him a little while because he's working in the garage and he's blasting music and he can't hear anything. But he walks in and he quickly realizes something's wrong because I think he can hear his daughter screaming. So he quickly hurries over and he sees his wife on the floor laying in the pool of blood. Standing above mom is John. Again, John's back is faced towards dad. So dad runs up, successfully is able to wrap his arms around John and starts to choke him out because John still has the knife in his hand. While John's dad is choking him, John is fighting to, to get out and he starts stabbing his dad in the arms. John's dad keeps the grip around his son and eventually, although bleeding and injured, is able to choke him out, and John passes out. Grabs a knife, uh, I think drags John into a, some type of room where they can lock him inside, and he rushes his wife to the hospital. And himself. And himself. The next day, they're okay. They're with John at home. They're with their, with their family. And John has no memory of any of this happening. So they're caught in this situation. They don't, they don't know what to do. Uh, they go to their local church leaders, which are the ones that are telling Reese and his missionary companion this story. And they say, what do we do? Not very smart to me. To me, seems like you just go to the cops <laughs> when your life is in danger. Right. Even if it's your own mother or son, they're stabbing you to death. <laughs> Go to the cops. Like I've been wanting no, to report you for a while. They went to the cop, or they went to their local church leaders. Say, what do we do? And the church leaders respond, "Well, if you really don't want to turn him into the cops, then we would highly suggest you take him into therapy or some type of rehab center." You know, right? 
this family gets offended. They don't like that advice, and they leave the church. And that's the last that they heard from them. Up until this meeting with, the, with Reese, the missionaries, sitting in the room, telling them that we, we have, con- after all those years, we have contact with John, and he's a nice guy, and uh, he's excited to come back to church. Uh, suffice to say, they <laughs> didn't talk to John again, and they uh, updated that area book with a little more detail <laughs> yeah. for future missionaries. Man, it's almost like the do not contact is there for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> and Reese said, after that, I never contact people on the do not contact list ever again. <laughs> so homie learned the hard way. <laughs> I mean, you could just be like, yeah, you can come to church. Just don't, like, bring any knives with you or sharp no objects. Yeah. Insane. Very, uh, I mean, it's it's insane. It's an insane story, and we're telling it for entertainment on the podcast. Uh, well, obviously, if you look into a lot of these stories, like, dude, that's so sad. Yeah. For yeah. the Like, for the family, and I'm not trying to sympathize with John. Why would they be John, upset but, like, about taking him to therapy? He stabbed you. I don't know. Therapy. I don't know. How long ago it's was a, this? Yeah. Where was it? It's a tough Culturally, situation. It could be, uh... it's, it, it's definitely, it's still not easy, but yeah, I, I get it. Okay. I agree with you, but at the same time, it's like, it's at the end of your day of the day, that's still your son mm-hmm. and yeah, you yeah. still want to try to love him. But yeah. Back. I no, can love I you from you. a distance. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that's why he's living by himself now, but did you imagine being stabbed and having your significant other stabbed and then you like financially support that person and their lifestyle? Bruh. Nope. Well, now I'm just getting really sad about this. <laughs> so it's I'm like gonna... when Kevin stabbed me in the back. Wham. Just kidding. What's the next story? <laughs> you had another story? Yes, that comes from Reese. So uh, thank you, Reese, for that that mission story. Reese is from Wyoming. Uh, Reese is, is the best candy. Agreed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, Reese, in his email, was sharing, I have a handful of stories. I'd love to send more. Tell me what you think of these. Real quick, here's a, a hometown legend slash like history I think it's really worth reading. And it's about a one Big Nose George. Have any of you heard about Big Nose George? Hell no. Big nope. Yeah. So, <laughs> Big Nose George begins or ends with a man named Dr. John Osborne. So, Plastic surgeon. <laughs> Dr. John Osborne is a physician practicing active in the force physician in the year 1893 and on this particular day dr john osborne is attending wyoming's inauguration and inaugural ball because dr osborne is wyoming's new governor nice so he's at the ball everyone's dressed up real nice Mm. It's the late 1800s. It's Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> just weren't covered in cow shit. Yeah. <laughs> they have their, their shiny spurs on. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm giving them uh, the benefit of the doubt here. Assless chaps abound. <laughs> <laughs> Farm to table. <laughs> no. 
Um, the way I envisioned it. <laughs> they got their pleated white shirts on. Hey. Great Gatsby ass. Yep. <laughs> Coattails. And Dr. Osborne has a special item of clothing that he wears to this ball. And it's a pair of sneakers. Some fancy Oxfords for the ball. Ooh. Dancing shoes. And he walks up to the ball. And... He's wearing his outfit and he's feeling good. And what makes these shoes so special is that they were made with human skin. What the <laughs> f? <laughs> Whose skin? Only our patrons will know. Foreskin. Oh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> These are all the babies in the land. <laughs> no. John and his family. <laughs> um, patrons, this is a story I'll be sharing for you today. It's Big Nose George. It's Dr. Osborne. Their origin story of the shoes made from human skin. So... Catch us at patreon.com slash the 3 a.m. pod. We'll see you there. So we're here. It's 1893, and uh, Dr. Osborne's at the ball. Welcome back, everyone. That was a fun episode. <laughs> <laughs> that made my skin crawl. You'd have to listen to nose. It. <laughs> it's late. Let's close this mofo up, dude. Guys, we're happy to be back. We're happy to be back in the studio and to hopefully get into a routine. Back to normal. Yeah. Keep sending your stories in. Uh, go check out our YouTube. If you don't know, we have been uploading regularly all the episodes. And they have a lot more photos and sometimes a lot of deleted scenes. <laughs> Things that I cut out for the audio. Uh, yeah, so go check it out. Uh, the 3 a.m. pod everywhere. Please send in your stories. Please share the podcast with friends. And uh, have a good week. Thanks for joining. Can I tell a story about sharing the podcast? But before we go, Kevin, is there anything you wanted to share? Yeah. So, um, even though I'm no Seth, I still talk about you guys constantly. and share you with everybody. But I was at... It's okay. No one's a Seth. I know. <sighs> Not also, even, not even Seth. Also, no one's a Kevin. True. That's true. Thank goodness for that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was at a three year old's birthday party. So naturally, I was talking about 3 a.m. Were you invited? <laughs> three year old, uh, 3 a.m. checks out. No, nah, I was uh, crashing it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I was like, is that uh, rude in the, in the distance I hear? <laughs> No, he hears little Einsteins in the distance. I made a unicorn cake for it, uh, and it was lopsided, and I was really annoyed at it the whole time. I just I'm wanted sure to punch it in it was stupid amazing. lopsided face. There was a lot of squealing when I delivered it from the mom and the girl. They were Whoa, very happy. Was the- anyway, so I was talking to these people that came to the party, and one of them I had talked to a lot before, and he's like, oh, I have some cool stories, blah, blah, blah. I was like, cool, write them in. You know, stuff for that. And then this girl that was listening, she's all like, one time this super weird thing happened to me. I was in Idaho 
um, out in the woods with some friends, and we were supposed to go to this lake that was nearby. We are like, camping in this cabin. There's a lake nearby. And she was like, I had to do something, so I got a later start, but only, like a, like, a minute behind them. So she's all, so I could still hear them, like, laughing in the uh, distance ahead of me and stuff. So she was, like, trying to hurry to catch up to them, and she hears them, like, calling her name. And, like, being like, hurry up! Like, blah, 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 whatever her name. I don't even remember her name. <laughs> she's one of my neighbors, too. Anyway, and they were calling her, and she was getting more and more frustrated because as much as she heard, she couldn't find them. And she's like, the lake was supposed to be really close too, like less than a five minute walk away. And I've been walking for like 10 minutes at a fast pace and not catching up with my friends. And she's like, none of us are outdoorsy. So they couldn't have outpaced me. And she's like, finally, I got frustrated and I just turned around and I went home or went back to the cabin. And she's like, when I got back to the cabin, all my friends were there. And she's like, what the heck? And I was like, have you ever heard of a mimic? (laughs) She hadn't. But for, uh, a band of mimics, nonetheless. Yeah. Idaho mimics. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. It's also crazy when, like, it's so it's so commonplace to us. Like, <laughs> oh, we know exactly what that is, you know? Yeah. She's Let me like, just yeah. I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'd be creepy as hell. Stay out of the forest. Stay out of that forest. Go in the forest. Go in the forest. Punch that mimic in the face. What do mimics do if they catch you? Or, like, what do you do if they catch you? Why are they, they just scary? like mimic you? Yeah, it's like the so sincerest fun. form it's of flattery. Really <laughs> <laughs> it's like when your little brother or sister copies you, it's just really annoying. Or yeah, like, stop it. <laughs> that is terrifying. <laughs> but like, why? Why? What do they do? do I they don't know. Eat you look into that and share it next time we're on the you're on the pod. I mean, homework. I won't because I don't research things. <laughs> a lot I of times they're. A lot of times mimics are tied to certain cryptids like Wendigos. So Wendigos use the mimic as a lure. Eat. Kill you. Eat you. Yeah. We're experts. (laughs) We at least know that they mimic you. Mm -hmm. All right. They steal your style. Guys, what a treat. What a treasure. Kevin, I love you. I love you. This is fun. Um, yeah, we missed this. I hope I you miss did. everybody. Yeah, come back more. <laughs> it's gonna be like at least another few weeks before I can even pretend to come back. Though, wow, you know, Kevin's a busy I'm boy. So busy. We're right blessed now. to have you. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's close this out. Everyone out there, we hope you're doing well, and we hope you have good fortune this week. If you're in the Salt Lake area, your boy is back on the decks. I'm playing my first show. DJ's DJ. In uh, a few years. Uh, don't be afraid because I'm rusty, but I'm coming with the heat. Lots of dancing feet. Where? So we'll post it up on the gram, but it's going to be uh, by Rock Taco in Salt Lake. It's a block party, but I'm closing out. So it's going to be around 930 that is I'm it, playing. Is it free? Yes, I think. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. It's a block party. <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. It's yeah. Like 80 bucks a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's free. Oh, dude, shout out Denny, listener of the podcast. Heard about the flood? So sad that Sean lost his Chipotle. <laughs> so he Venmoed us 20 bucks, and he's like, go get another Chipotle. That's so sweet. <laughs> hey, it's we just sugar, want you to know we daddy. actually got pizza for the whole crew because of it. We that did. was very kind of Sean. Yeah. bro, And Denny. And, and Denny. Yeah, it was mostly Denny. Yeah. But yeah, thank you, Sean. <laughs> thank you, he Sean. Shared, he shared yeah. the plunder. 
Yeah, if anyone wants to replenish my uh, six thousand dollar record collection, that'd be nice too. <laughs> Any Saudi princes who listen to three AM, let us know. We're into some weird JK, stuff. JK, JK, JK. We love you all. Episode one hundred and five. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Love. Be safe. Trust your gut. Watch your back. Be careful out there. Bye. See ya. Bye, everyone. I love you. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. Hi, this is Amy and Vanessa from She Goes by Jane, where we shine light on the stories of missing and unidentified women. On November 7th, we're sharing Nahida's story for the first time in a podcast. And this is a story that I thought I knew but after reading police reports, became more complicated than I thought. When investigators are called to Nahida Khatib's house, everything looks fine. Her purse is on the kitchen table, her cup of coffee is on the counter, and her two-year-old niece is in her playpen. The only thing amiss? Nahida is missing. Every week, we feature a poem written in honor of the person we're talking about. This week, we're joined by one of our favorite actresses. You might know her from Sister Act or King of the Hill or The Descendants. But if you're like us, you'll know her from Hocus Pocus. She's the much-beloved Kathy Najimy. Join us November 7th to hear Nahida's story. Something is creeping in. Don't follow it down. Let me introduce you to Barry Clue, an authorised financial advisor from New Zealand and a very special kind of stain on humanity. He was a very uh, knowledgeable young guy. He was a registered financial advisor. Type of guy that was bending over backwards to help you. Now you could be forgiven for thinking that Barry sounds like a great guy. And you'd be right. Well, right up until the point when you're wrong. It was all fictitious. You stole from my son who has a disability. Chris never knew. He died believing that we're all taken care of. A psychopath is somebody who lacks empathy, acts impulsively. I think there's a strong case that Barry might be all of those things, actually. To find out how Barry Clue stole over $15 million from 81 victims, subscribe to Clueless, the long con. That's Clueless, spelt K-L-O-O-G-H-L-E-S-S.